you have only been to the gym four times, go to the gym on Saturday. Your brain is going to be like, oh my God, this girl is crazy. She's literally fighting back to the gym <laughs> on a Saturday and a Sunday. Like do that. Surprise your brain. And yeah, I think I just gave a lot of nuggets, but honestly, you have to build it and you have to fight back your negative thoughts every single day until they're slowly whispers and not on a microphone. Hi, welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I'm Victoria LeBlanc, your host, and this podcast was created to empower women to love themselves unconditionally, transform and heal their anxious mindsets, to live a life of bliss. Now for this episode, I invited a guest. Her name is Victoria Petch. We actually connected on Instagram. Victoria is a 26-year-old personal growth addict. She loves learning more about how to be better, how to be happier, and how to inspire others on living their life fully out. When she's not plugged into a podcast or working on her online wellness business, she is traveling around the world with her twin sister. Now, you might remember I also had her twin sister, Vanessa, on the show as well, probably, I want to say, maybe six or so episodes back. So if you want to check out the episode with her sister, I highly suggest doing that as well. But I invited Victoria with me today to talk about women empowerment. I think this topic is so important because it can be so easy nowadays, especially on Instagram and all the other social media apps, to really feel that jealousy within you, right? When you're seeing your friends or you're seeing other ladies and other women making it, when they are highly driven, highly motivated, and they are literally creating their dream lives, and you're seeing it on Instagram, you're seeing them do all the things they want to do, and then you may feel like you are behind, or you may feel like you will never get there, right? You'll, you feel like you are trapped in where you are at right now and this may lead to feelings of resentment or frustration. Today we're going to talk about overcoming fear, really cultivating confidence, how to let go of jealousy towards others and instead begin to uplift them. And also, Victoria also today, she is going to share her top three self-help books that helped really shift her perspective of the world. And all of the books that she mentions today, I'm going to leave in the description so that you can have access to them. I'll probably leave links to them to Amazon, somewhere where you can purchase them quickly if you are interested. Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. Hi, welcome back to Blissfully Bloom. I want to welcome with with me here today, Victoria Petch. Welcome, Victoria. Hi, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) All right, so I want to ask you a question that I normally ask all of my guests here on the show before we begin our main topic. 
And it is, what is one powerful lesson you have learned that has completely changed your life? Okay, so I think the most powerful lesson in my life so far at 26 is that you cannot take life too seriously. So it's something short and sweet, but I definitely believe that as humans, we take life a little bit too seriously sometimes. And once we like let that weight off and we just kind of just live life and imagine our life is our own movie, we can definitely live life in a more happier and healthier way. Mm, I love that. I love that because I feel like if you're in a serious mentality all the time, it's like, well, where's there room for fun? Where's there room for play and to spark your creativity? Just over the past few days, I've been getting into painting a lot more. And I just, I'm just like coming back to this remembrance of, oh, you know, I can instill these little moments of and pockets of joy and, and bliss throughout my day. And, and bring more moments of joy like that. So that's a very good reminder. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. All right. So I want to go into personal development. Can you share a bit about your own personal development journey? Of course. So I definitely believe that I started my personal development in high school. I was thinking about this question. I was like, when did I actually kind of, you know, start my personal development journey? And I do have a good feeling it's all started back to when I was like a huge, huge athlete in high school. And so I played like every sport once I got into grade seven, even grade six, grade five, like I was like, a job. Every sport I can I can play, I would play. As a young athlete, from my coaches, from practices, after school practices, weekend practices or games, from teammates, from winning, from losing, I've always had that encouragement, that healthy critique, that love, that discipline, and that mental growth around me for now, you know, over, I would say like 10 years now or a little bit more. So in those 10 years, I definitely believe that that was the foundation. And I also believe that the reason why my personal development is game is still going is also because of the same factor. Like I get tested every single day. I get knocked down. Thank God, not every single day, but you know, I feel anxious sometimes and all these different things. And I think the only reason why I'm so strong at 26 was because of my coaches and having them in the back of my head. You know, you can play one more minute. You can do one more rep. The pain won't last forever. You know, you can do this. And so that honestly stuck with me as a person, as a woman, as an entrepreneur, as a teacher. And that's definitely where I am today in my personal development journey is having kind of that replication of who I was in high school and push me towards my best self. Because as a high school student, we're like jello, right? Like we just mold into a certain human. So if you are listening to this and you are a parent, I definitely suggest to put your kids into sports. And I tell all my friends that like your kids need to go in sports because they definitely learn so much more than just catching the ball or running or becoming healthy, but they get the other side that you can't necessarily get from teachers and you can't necessarily can't get from parents either. It's definitely a a learned environment. Mm. So do you feel like your coaches, they kind of taught you that self-discipline that you instill in your life now? I definitely, yeah, I definitely believe that they're one of the reasons why I'm so self-disciplined. You know, we have to be at practice at this time with our cleats tied. We have to be on weekends. The game starts at this time. You know, it kind of sometimes people in the military, they're kind of just like molded into, okay, you're always on time. And being on time is a great, great personal development and strategy to have in your life. And the earlier you develop that, the better. And also just knowing like 
your schedule. You know, sometimes we don't know what our schedule is, but for me at a young age, I had to be disciplined with, okay, my practices were Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. I had games every Sunday morning. So it kind of kept me checked and it helped me later on in college, later on in university when it came down to crunch time, when it came down to midterms or final exams or different outings that I had to attend. And so I definitely believe that the coach and the sport mentality helped me now right now with my self-discipline and my journey. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel like, you know, sometimes we can just look back at our high school days and be like, oh, I, I don't know if I learned anything then or or just have this judgmental mentality mm-hmm. to ourselves back then. But we were shaped and we were molded, as you said, by our our influencers, as you said, your coaches even your teachers, they shaped you in some way or form and helped you become the woman that you are today. So that is amazing to look back and reflect on and, and realize how much you you grew then and how much you are still growing now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I would love for you to expand on what led you to running your own wellness business. Yeah. So what made me start my own wellness entrepreneur journey was my twin sister. Uh, She's the reason why I started my wellness business four years ago, actually this month, tomorrow. I know this recording is going to be out a little bit later on, but June 8th is actually my four-year anniversary of being a wellness entrepreneur. So congratulations. Thank you. It's like the perfect time. Amazing. Yeah. And so I always say it's my twin sister who put this on me in a good way, but I, from a very young age, knew that I was made for more and not in this, like, I'm better than everyone. I just knew that through my capabilities and being grown up in a household where I had an entrepreneurial dad, I lived on an apple orchard my whole entire life until recently I just moved back to the city. But my dad worked really, really hard. But what was really cool about working really hard and being your own boss is that he was able to make it to my sports games. He was able to come home every single night and have lunch with us every single weekend and every single day if I ever stayed home sick from school. And so When I started getting older and older and I was trying to pick my career and then I graduated, I kind of noticed I was like, wait, this is not what my dad does every day. This is not what my mom does every day. Like they're always present. They don't have to call in sick. Like they're always with us. So when my sister Mm -hmm. brought this whole, we should be wellness entrepreneurs and start a wellness business, I didn't really see it. But what I saw was the vision of what it can help me become. I needed that confidence and courage. And I got that from my twin sister. And uh, yeah, being a young entrepreneur is not always easy. It hasn't been a smooth four years, but having someone to do it with you has very big advantages. So I always tell people, look at, you know, your siblings or your family or your friends and do it together because it's so much easier so much easier doing it together. Like I always say the quote, better together. So that definitely has helped Mm. my last four years in entrepreneurship. But I just always knew that I didn't want to be owned by a boss or restricted or as a teacher, I get like six paid days off a year. And six is not that many when you think about it. And so I just didn't want to restrict myself from living life. And so I thought entrepreneurial, starting my own business, being my own boss, at least can be able to control and have that sense of, I okay, I'm doing this because I love it, not because I have to do it. Mm, That is a big mindset shift because I feel like so many people out there, they may be scared to know 
or just find out what could happen if they possibly take the road that nobody else takes. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that could be a risk worth taking because you may ultimately find your purpose here on earth and, and fulfill it and truly fulfill what you're meant to do here. And I think that's so beautiful that you are able to walk this path with your sister and, and learn and, and grow together on this beautiful journey of, of helping other women in that space. So just cheers to y'all for just going for it. And, and also I just feel like you as a teacher being able to do that with your work is just so incredible because I know that many teachers, you know, going out of their shifts, they feel so exhausted, but I see you showing up on social media. I see you just traveling the world and that's so inspiring. I would say, you know, it's not easy, but no one wants nothing, right? So so I always mm-hmm. have this mindset of like, okay, if I don't work after work, is this benefiting me or is it not? And I always tell myself, no, like short-term sacrifice for long-term game is something that I that I stand for every single day. I'm a quotes person, if you have not noticed. I'm just like putting up quotes <laughs> right now. That's just who I am. And that's probably why I'm able to be a teacher and a successful entrepreneur because I'm just like, I love quotes. So if you want to send me quotes, anyone who's listening to this, any time of the day, I, I love it. I could eat quotes up all day. I just, I'm obsessed. Can we be little quote friends? <laughs> I'll send you a quote every morning. You send me a quote every morning. Can we please? Okay, we're ple- yes, we're doing that. I would love that. <laughs> so I would love to kind of dive into the self-help books. Mm. I've read many. I'm sure you have. What would you recommend? What would be your top self-help books, maybe like two to three? And how have they shifted your perspective of the world? Okay, yeah. So I'm a huge, huge reader. And so my goal is to read one self-help book a month. So every single year, I read 12 books, which I feel like is not that many, but it really is. Because when you're reading a self-help book, there's a lot of exercises, there's a lot to like look through and, you know, look within. So I have actually three Mm -hmm. books that I'm definitely going to recommend everyone to definitely read. And so the first one is and let me know if you've read them too. But the first one is Four Agreements by Don Miguel. Have you, have you read that one? You know what? I'm thinking back. I think somebody gave me a little mini version. It's a little mini book, okay. but it's kind of compiled into just the main content. But I haven't read the, the big one. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, this was actually my first book of 2022. I've been like holding it off. And so the Four Agreements, and I don't want to steal the book or anything. I'm going to say the Four Agreements. but you, you can read it for examples, but it just shows you how if you mm-hmm. nail these four agreements in your life every single day, like it's golden. So the first one is be impeccable with your word. Whatever you say, do it, follow through. Um, number two, don't take anything personally. So like I said above, like, you know, don't take life too seriously. Don't take anything to heart. And the third one is don't make assumptions. I know we do that all the time, right? Someone, someone doesn't message us back, something happens, you know, that anxiety of the unknown, but don't make assumptions because if you are anxious, you are thinking of the future. And if you're depressed, you're thinking of the past. So really just be in that present moment. And the fourth one is always do your best. You know, when I go to bed, I think of three things that I'm grateful for or that I did today that I'm grateful for because 
I used to do all these things and I never actually took the time to be grateful for the little things. I always just wanted the big things. I, I didn't care about, oh, like, congrats, you did a sale or congrats, you did two sales today or congrats, you even did 10 sales. Like, no, I was like, I need to do 100 sales a day. And so I never really was grateful for the small things. And that kind of set me back in my business for a bit. And so when you know that you do your best, no matter what, every single day, and you hit your head on the pillow, and you're like, wow, I did this well, it changes your mindset as well. So definitely form agreements by Don Miguel's great one. The next one was actually my February book. So I don't know, I feel like 2022 is my year. The second one I would say is Unperfect by Brene Brown. Have you read that one yet? I've heard of it, never read it before. Okay, it's how we can get out of that perfectionist mindset and just be true and just love who we are unperfectly. So that one's a good one. And then the last one, since I'm a huge schedule person, I'm a huge habit person, is Miracle Equations by Hal Elrod. It just shows you, you know, with unwaverly faith and extraordinary effort, you can get anything done. Like miracles happen when you work hard, but also believe. So those are definitely my top three books. Wow, I'll de- I'll definitely have to list them out on the show notes and maybe even link them to an Amazon link or something so that people can just go to the link and purchase it if they want to or find it at your local library or Barnes and Nobles. But I am just curious, how do you stay stay on track with your reading schedule because I find myself feeling so much resistance towards reading and I- I'm a little sad by it because I have always been just loving, loving reading and have always been a lifelong reader, but I feel like a little bit of resistance towards it. And I'm not sure, I'm not sure why. And I'm just kind of curious to know your thoughts about how you stay kind of inspired to keep reading. So it's all in my morning routine. So before I go to work, I have five to 10 minutes, sometimes it's two minutes, not going to lie, to read my book. But as long as I just read one page that morning, I'm happy. And if I don't get it done that morning, which is like really, really rare, because like I said, even if it's a page, I tap myself on the back because like you said, it's, it's easy to do, but it's also very easy not to do. And so I read it a page or two before bed. So this is like a non-negotiable as well. But you know, when I'm on vacation or when something slip up and let's say I don't read, I always like, okay, well, I'm going to listen to a podcast instead. And so that's something I kind of give or take to. I'm like, neither physically reading a book or I'm mentally soaking a book in. So, but for me, it's really mm. in the morning, if it's one page, 10 pages, 20 pages or two pages, I just need to get that done right in the morning. My morning routine is very like wake up, meditation, workout, come back, do my visualization, journal, and reading. So depending on how fast or slow I'm doing that, I have more time, give or take. But I always just say, okay, just one page, Victoria, just one page, right? And if you can do one page, maybe you can read Mm -hmm. two pages. And then if that's it for the day, well, then at least I at least I open the book. Right, right. Because I feel like what I usually do is I take notes on the side and maybe that's why I'm feeling so much resistance towards it because maybe I'm starting to look at it as more work than personal development time for me. And maybe my mindset kind of shifted from when I first started because the notes do take a long time and it may even take me, I don't know, 10 minutes just to get through a single paragraph sometimes because I'm evaluating and taking notes. So I'm not sure if I should take a pause on that and try just reading and see how I feel. 
I think you should try that. And something that I do too, I just highlight my book. And whenever there's something that actually really sticks out to me, like, ooh, I want to either elaborate that on social media, do a live about it, or like think of it myself, I take a picture and I add it to my notes on my phone. And then I just go back to it later in the day or when I'm looking for an idea of inspiration. But I know that, you know, my sister does a lot of writing in her in her notebook too, but she does a lot more highlighting. And so when she like flips back her, back her books like months later she sees the highlighting marks and it's easy for her to, to just like read the quote and then then she's like yeah but then my thoughts come back so it also depends who you are but maybe get that joy back first of reading and then go back to writing notes or maybe pick one thing from a page or something because I definitely understand that it's kind of going to feel like school work soon to you and then it's going to be more of like a chore than something enjoyable mm-hmm. Well, thank you for that. I'll definitely have to start doing that. Maybe even reading outdoors and spending more time in nature, plus reading two birds, one stone in a thing, getting my outdoor time, plus being able to read would be more, more pleasurable and enjoyable for me, I think. Yeah, switch it up. (laughs) Yes. So I would love to know how we can cultivate more confidence in our lives. Mm hmm. So this question, when you asked me, I was like, okay, this is a big one. But basically know that it's extremely, extremely normal to have negative and limiting belief, like have the the voices of negative beliefs and negativity in your mind. Just know it is normal. Mm -hmm. The difference between someone that is confident and someone who's not is if you are listening to those voices or not. So if you are showing up confident every single day, just because a confident person is confident, you know, Think of someone that's confident. When I think of a confident woman, I think of Oprah Winfrey. I think of Jen Aniston. I think of the Kardashians. You know, like I just think of powerful, confident women. And so it doesn't mean that just because they're confident, they don't have any like, you're not pretty. Oh, that doesn't look good on you. You're not going to be successful. You're never going to be able to do that. They have that probably all the time, but it's the fact of who is listening to those voices and who's not listening to those voices. So the biggest thing when you're building yourself confidently confidence is that you are building it. No one else can build it for you, no matter how much, how many books you read, the podcasts you listen to, you are building it at the end of the day. And so the more that you flake on yourself, the more that you snooze your alarm, the more that you don't go up, you don't wake up and go to the gym, the more that you eat unhealthy when you said you wouldn't eat unhealthy again, the more that you don't live up to your schedule, you are slowly losing your self-confidence because now your brain knows whatever you say you're not going to follow through Mm -hmm. so it's not going to happen so the brain knows to sabotage it right if you are like no I'm not going to eat ice cream I'm taking a week off of eating ice cream but this whole week you didn't go to the gym this whole week you ate like crap this whole week you didn't read do you think your your brain's going to let you go with not eating ice cream not a chance. It's going to even pressure you even more and be like, because I know if I keep telling Victoria to eat ice cream, she's going to crack because she cracked at the gym. She cracked with her food schedule. She cracked with her book reading. So your brain, even at how beautiful and intelligent it is, you also program it to not be confident and for it to sabotage itself. So every time you wake up when you don't want to, or you order something unhealthy, you are, you are losing you know, I have the five second rule. So I do early morning workouts before before I teach, 
trust me, it's not, it's not easy at all. But I do the five second rule. My alarm goes off. Sometimes I snooze. I'm not a perfect human being, but I always go to the gym. And whether I'm 10 minutes late or I arrive right on time, at least I'm at the gym. And so I have the five second mm-hmm. rule. When my alarm goes off for the first or second time, I go five, four, three, two, one, and I get out of bed. That's all. I'm not thinking about, oh, but I'm tired. Or I went to bed late. I just know that if I get up in five seconds, I'm going to be able to get up and do my workout. So it takes, you know, 30 to 60 days to, you know, build a habit. And that could be your confidence. Confidence is not something that's overnight. It doesn't come from a selfie pic. It doesn't come from a bikini picture. It doesn't come from clear skin. Uh, What it comes from is that it comes from being honest with yourself and following through with the promises that you made a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, Mm -hmm. yesterday. And so when a baby falls over, at a young age, and it keeps falling over and tumbling over, the parents never say, it's okay to crawl for the rest of your life, we're still going to love you as much as you know, if you were able to walk. No, they're going to be like, keep going, keep going, we know you're going to start walking, you're going to start walking eventually. And so that's something we have to train our mind, who cares you slip up, but don't also make that as an excuse. Like don't make your excuses excuses. If you said you're going to go to the gym five days a week and now it's Saturday, you have only been to the gym four times, go to the gym on Saturday. Your brain is going to be like, oh my God, this girl is crazy. She's literally fighting back to the gym <laughs> on a Saturday and a Sunday. Like do that. Surprise your brain. And mm-hmm. yeah, I think I just gave a lot of nuggets, but honestly, you have to build it and you have to fight back your negative thoughts every single day until they're slowly whispers and not on a microphone. Wow, I am going to that is another quote <laughs> that you should create. Oh my goodness, I love that. Thank you. So I love how you said the difference between, you know, people who go and and reach their goals and dreams and they do the things that scare them most and they feel confident are those that don't really listen to those harsh and critical voices yeah. because whether it feels like it or not, we do have a choice in the matter, even though it feels like those voice, that voice that you hear that can be harsh at times is your own. Mm-hmm. It's It really is coming from a different source because it may have been learned and you kind of have to pick out like, is this true for me? Does this even resonate with the kind of lifestyle that I want to live and the kind of person that I want to be? Yeah. And is this is this in alignment with the person that I want to show up as a confident person? If it's the opposite, then maybe we do have to be honest with ourselves and start to not give in and don't let that voice control you as, as much as it may, may do. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The inner critic is something that I have definitely researched and have really tried tackling and and tackled again and again and sometimes it does pop up I'm not gonna lie and say that I don't hear anything in my mind at times but I think it's realizing you've come a long way when you hear it and it doesn't affect you as much it doesn't let you shut down it doesn't let you believe in those really, really mean, cruel statements. Now, I would love for you to kind of dive into what would you recommend to someone who feels stuck in their old patterns and tendencies, but desires personal growth. So they may feel a little bit of resistance towards stepping into that change because they've done something for so long. They've had these habits for so long 
but it just feels really hard to let them go. What would you recommend to that person? Okay. Yeah. So that one's really a hard one because I feel like it's all uh, like a climb, right? Miley Cyrus, the climb. You listen to the lyrics after this. It's basically our life. Like we have high moments, we have dips, we have valleys in our journey. And so it's just to know that life is always going to be ups and down, ups and downs, and just know be present when you are in a valley or be present when you are on a high or be present when you are hitting a low, you know, okay, I'm, I'm on a low right now, but I know I'm going to be on the climb again. And so a lot of people stay stuck as well, or they tend to go back to their old patterns or tendencies is because we make this huge mistake. And many of us and too many of us are taking, you know, business advice, relationship advice, life advice from people that we wouldn't even want to trade life's with. And so, you know, our Mm -hmm. community is everything. And I know that if being an entrepreneur, if I wouldn't be here today, if it wasn't for my small circle, at first, I was very ashamed to say, you know, I've really kept my circle small, I've really very protective of who I hang out with. And I've always heard this from a very successful people, right? I hear this all the time. Mm -hmm. You're you're the sum of the five people you hang out with. Keep your circle small. Don't waste your energy. And I've always like, this is really interesting because growing up, we always think the more friends you have, the more popular and more happy you are. But when you become an adult, it's the opposite. Honestly, if you want, if you want to take, you know, the successful route, once you understand that you need to seek people that are doing what you have or once you go out of your zone and be like, okay, I want to be like her. How did she do it? Asking for help. The less you are going to revert back to your pattern. So if someone comes up to me and they're like, hey, Victoria, I eat sugar all the time. I don't know how to get off sugar. That's all I want to do. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Sugar, sugar, sugar. If that person comes to ask me, I'm going to be like, hey, this is what I've been able to do. Um, and it has helped me. And now, you know, I've built a sustainable, healthy routine for the last, you know, two and a half years. But if they turn to their mom or if they turn to their sister, if they turn to someone in their family or friends who are also sugar addicts and they're like, you know, what, it's totally fine. I would say, you know, have sugar, maybe breakfast and lunch and maybe just a small dessert at, at supper. They're not really giving you tangible patterns or tendencies. They're just kind of making you feel like it's okay that you are you are reverting back. So don't be shy to ask for help, right? Don't be shy to ask for people who have who have succeeded or who are doing it and see how you can use their advice to help to help yourself. And so I know change is tough and everything and being stuck sucks. Going back to your old pattern sucks, going back to your old tendencies sucks, right? That's why like for example, smokers, they're always kind of going back into the routine. And that's because if you're a smoker and everyone else around you smokes, it's so much easier for you to just pick up a cigarette or it's so much easier for you to eat pizza if that's all that your family eats. So kind of just be aware. I think the most important, because there's different aspects to this as well, but I just really want to focus first. And it's the easier step of like, who are you hanging out with? And what is your goal? Who are you hanging out with? And do they align? Because if they don't align, you'll never be able to get out of your pattern or your unhealthy habit. Mm, That is so, so true. I read a book, Rachel Hollis wrote, I'm not sure which one it was. She wrote a few, but she was talking about the five people that you surround yourself with most. You will start to tackle on their habits, their behaviors, their routines, and, and even speak their own language and how they speak to themselves, you'll start to speak to yourself as they speak to them. I actually heard this on a podcast one day and 
I'm not sure who it, it was. It might have been Jay Shetty on Purpose Podcast, I believe. And he was talking about if you want to start being the best version of yourself and 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 be inspired and motivated, mm-hmm. well, you can actually ask one of your friends to be a mentor. If they are really into the personal development world and growing themselves, then maybe start to ask, okay, can we go on this journey together? Can we help each other out? Can we have weekly calls or monthly calls to check on our goals, see where we're at, see what we need to improve on and kind of have that little buddy system in hand? 100%. I agree with that. You need support. You can't do it alone. Yes. So my next question I have is, how can we move away from jealousy and into uplifting each other? Yeah. So I think right now we're kind of in like a jealousy pandemic as well, because Instagram is such a highlight reel. Instagram only highlights the positives or the wins and the success. So it's so easy for us to have that jealousy mindset and to stray away from uplifting each other through tough times. And so When you are jealous of someone or something, it's because you wish you had that. And it's basically that simple. And I know sometimes you're just like, that doesn't make any sense because I do not want to be like that person. I do not want to be like her or him or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's true. For example, I used to kind of lift my nose at people on Instagram who did lives and doing their makeup or doing their skincare routine. I'm like, who's coming on their lives and who cares that you're talking about your skincare routine? And now I am literally that girl who is who's running an online business talking about going live doing my skincare routine sharing how to make smoothie bowls I am that girl and so you little do you know there's something inside of you that if you think oh that girl is so fit she must she must restrict herself from all these foods or look at these people online creating a business blah 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 deep down those are things that you want as well whether that's exactly like that or you're just jealous of how they may have it in a way. And so I read this quote the other day too, and it's like, a lot of people are mad at you for creating a life that you have because they didn't have the courage to go after it themselves. And that really kind of like punched me in the throat because being an entrepreneur, making your own circle, having your own habits, not doing things that your high school or college or university friends see you as, right? Who I was in university now as a health enthusiast, totally different Victoria. Mm-hmm. When I talk to my old friends, it's sometimes that it's that weird feeling I get from them that they're like, oh, I don't connect with you anymore. Or like, who's this Victoria? She thinks she's all healthy now when I know she was, you know, drinking on a Thursday night. Don't beat yourself up from people from people that are jealous of you as well, because that's another thing that that steps people back is you don't want to make anyone uncomfortable in your presence. If you want to be confident, you, you are going to, you're going to piss some people off, but going back towards how we move away from jealousy and moving to uplifting each other is you have to kind of beat the beast. And when someone in your business is exceeding, or when someone is crushing their business, or someone just graduated, someone's got engaged, someone got married, someone's having a kid, someone bought a condo, someone invested, someone made a million dollars off Bitcoin, whatever it is, I always make the point to comment, post, reshare, 
text them, acknowledge them, send them a voice note. Because if you just keep scrolling and being like, oh, good for them, good for them, oh, blah, 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 blah. And over and over and over, that negative energy will, will soak you in and just absorb you up of just putting you down. And eventually you won't even realize that that's actually the energy that you're giving off. So in order to get rid of your jealousy you need to uplift. So the question went perfectly. In order to go away from jealousy, you need to uplift people, even if it's uncomfortable. And so Tony Robbins did this exercise. He said, write all the emotions you feel in one day. And you can do this after the call. You write all your emotions in one day, positive and negative. I mean, there's no negative emotions. Emotions are emotions, but good emotions, bad emotions, or however you feel them. So that's what I did. I wrote my emotions, everything that I felt, mostly every single day, or at least in a week. You feel a lot of emotions in a day, let alone a week. And so after you write all your emotions down, he asks you to write the the instance or the moment or the situation or the person that you're with in those emotions. For me, when I was going over, you know, happiness, what was I doing when I was happy? When I when I was sad, what was I doing when I was sad? When I was jealous, what was coming up in my lifestyle that was making me jealous? And it takes you time for you to reflect because when you hit jealousy, when you hit frustration, anger, and like envy, all these other like, I'm going to call them negative emotions, but I don't mean that in any way, depressed or anxious moments. When you know where they're coming from, it's easy for you to now divert them and change your direction. And so once I know, okay, when I'm feeling jealous, this is what happens to me. But now when that happens to me, I have two options. Do I continue feeling jealous or do I go and do something about it? So I feel like that's a good activity that you guys could all do on this podcast is write all your emotions down and really see what instance in your day causes you to feel this emotion and is there a way to change it or is there a way for you to remove it or is there a way for you to be above it and so that's a is Tony Robbins book I forget what book it was I it was actually my December 2021 book it's a huge book it was actually my November and December book because it's math <laughs> but it was a good activity about emotions and it, that book in general is really good about emotions wow i love that thank you so much for sharing that exercise because that I think it's so important because a lot of just little journal prompts that I see, it's just like, oh, how are you feeling? And I never see that tie. Like, what was it that caused you to bring that emotion up? I think that is so important to reflect on that. Once you do have that set in stone, you're like, okay, well, that situation, I chose this certain perspective. I chose to see it in this way. How can I see this in a different way? If I was jealous about this, what does this say about me? How can I understand myself better from knowing this now? And and do I want to change how I view that? I think that's so, so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a game changer for sure. Now, I would love to move on to fear. So if fear is blocking us from achieving our dreams and goals, what can we do to shift and move it? Yeah, so I think fear is the biggest emotion or feeling or sense of, yeah, a sense that will stop you from even going after your goals and going after your dreams. And fear will also knock you out of the game. So this is a really interesting one because fear is always present. And no matter if you've hopped over the barrier of fear, right? I started my business. I was fearful before, but now I started it. You're always going to be doing, jumping over hurdles, over hurdles to 
get over the next fearful step. Our emotions and our body design is basically making sure when we hopped out of our igloos or hopped out of, you know, our our tents and all these things thousands and thousands of years ago is that we wouldn't have gotten eaten by saber-toothed tigers or that we wouldn't have gotten eaten by tigers, all these things. That's where our root of emotions stem from. And so when we, even Mm -hmm. I see this in school with my students, they think fear, they think anxiety are bad. They think like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. Like I can't do my exam. And I always tell them like anxiety and fear, they don't need to be bad. You can be scared. You can be fearful of, you know, if I open this door, is it a tiger that's going to jump out of me and eat me alive? But fear can also be what if I buy a plane ticket, a one-way plane ticket and get out of my hometown for a year and explore the world? That's a good type of fear, but it's also fear either holds you in your comfort zone or you push past it. And honestly, life only happens after you push past fear. And so a lot of people ignore that, but you honestly have a choice at the end of the day. Do you listen to fear or do you unblock that and look fear in the face and be like, you know what? This scares me. Yes, but I, I want to hit my goals. I want to push past this. And another thing too, is that a lot of times we make big goals. We make big, hairy, audacious goals. And a lot of times we don't hit them. I barely hit my big goals. I, I make short-term goals. I make long-term goals. And then I make big goals. And those big goals keep me on my feet, right? My vision board, I have short-term goals. And I have big-term goals. And if I hit those big-term goals, I'm like, damn, I didn't expect that. You have to understand that if you always have goals that you know you're going to hit or that makes you okay like if I know I'm going to achieve this so this will be my goal it doesn't push you towards your dream lifestyle at all like dreams are dreams and a lot of times all the dreams the the biggest Mm -hmm. area or hot spot for dreams are graveyards that's where everyone brings their dreams to and so dreams are dreams because not enough people fight for them not enough people push past fear to get over themselves and do it so I hear all the times you know grow up, get a job, Ugh, millennials, they think they can just work from online and, you know, work from social media, Ugh, TikTok, how are people making million dollars off of TikTok? But we have so many options compared to the older generation. And I think that's a lot of time as a young entrepreneur, we don't want to upset anyone, right? We mm. have a fear of, of what if they're right? What if I need a, a pension plan? I need insurance. I need all these things. And we have this fear of like, okay, I need it. So I'm going to go to a job that has a pension plan and, and insurance. When really, when you seek help, when you invest your time wisely, when you invest your money wisely, when you have a big why, you have a strong work ethic and you are self-disciplined, fear you are going to eat fear for breakfast. Fear is not going to eat you because you you know where you're going. And so you don't have to wake up every morning and be like, oh, I wonder if fear is going to take me out today. No, you wake up every morning and be like, cool, I'm eating fear for breakfast. Let's do this. Like, good morning. So just think of fear as a good thing. And yeah, like beat the beast all the time. Just keep knocking that down because it's going to crack eventually. Yeah, I think it is so easy for us to look at fear and want to run the other way. But sometimes it's the one thing that does drive you to, you know, realize, oh, this is what, whenever I am fearful, I realize that I am stepping out of my comfort zone. And whenever you do that, you are going to grow. It's pushing you to grow. And you're never going to regret growing, I think. So (laughs) never. (laughs) So I would love to just end with, is there any final advice that you would give for the listeners? 
I was talking to my sister about this in the cart because I was like, Vanessa, this is actually the only question I did not, I did not answer. I was like, what is something that I can do? And so my twin sister and I, if you follow us on Facebook after, I'll give you my handles and everything. We're two very different humans. I'm very laid back, but I know my worth. And she's like, I know my worth and I'm not laid back. And so she was telling me, and I don't think we would have come this far if we didn't have this, is that you have to set your emotions aside sometimes. And I know there's different human designs in this world. And I know that emotions are good. And I know emotions can help you. But don't let emotions take you out of the game. I see amazing people, amazing entrepreneurs leave the industry because their emotions get the best of them. And emotions, just like anything, you train. You train your emotions. It's okay to take days off. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to yell, scream, yell in a pillow, slam the door. There are certain times for that, but you don't want them just flowing out of you. You want to be able to control them. And so when something happens, you can absorb that emotion. And then when it's the right time, you can either hold it on and release it. Because I see a lot of times, a lot of people as well, you know, they're like, I'm so frustrated. This doesn't work, you know, like slamming their computers and all these things. And you're just like, why? Mm -hmm. Like if you knew where you were going, if you know what you're working towards, why are you letting your strong emotions affect your business right now? So if anyone is out there and Vanessa told me this and I was like, beautiful, I'm stealing what you said. This answers from my twin sister, but she said, you have to learn how to control your emotions or else they will control you. And that's a little bit of a scary thought as well, especially in the entrepreneurial world, but also in whatever goal you want to achieve. There's a book out there as well. Atomic habits, great book, you know, how to lead your life and don't let your life lead you. And yeah, just be really self-aware. Just like Tony Robbins said, when your emotions click and when you start derailing yourself, you know, self-sabotage, a huge one, posture syndrome, huge one. So you have to be able to kind of click it into your mind, be like, Oh, I'm feeling that. Oh, my brain just said that. Oh, I just got a negative thought and being able to see when is the right time to either hold it in, say it out loud or talk to someone about it and be like, Hey, I'm not feeling this good. This is what happened. Can we have a conversation? Um, because if you just hold it in, it's going to be a can of worms once you just blast it out. You also don't want to be that person that just keeps blasting everything out and you don't think before you say anything. Yeah, because that'll definitely push people away if people don't feel, I guess, seen or heard in that situation either. And you're just only focused on like you Mm -hmm. and you have kind of a you mindset and not really taking into account everybody else that can be affected or just, just feel misunderstood. So yeah, that's definitely great advice. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Vanessa, for for helping Victoria with that question. Yeah, thank God. Shout out to Vanessa too. So I would love to know, where can listeners connect with you? Yes. Okay. So the best place to connect with me, honestly, is probably through Instagram. My Instagram handle is mindfully underscore Victoria. So mindfully underscore Victoria on Instagram. I'm very, very present on there. Send me DM. Say, you know, I I watched the podcast. It was awesome. Tell me your favorite thing. I also have Facebook. I'm not really on there. But if you are like are on Facebook and on Instagram, my name is Victoria Petch, P-E-T-C-H. I'm on Facebook. And that's probably the, the top 
best spots to find me as well. And yeah, I would love to connect to to everyone that's listening to this further on social media. So definitely go follow Victoria. She is a sweetheart and I love getting to know her and I'm sure you will get love getting to know her too. My last question is a signature question I ask all my guests and that is what does it mean to blissfully bloom? Mm -hmm. I believe it's to take your time and to do it right. There's no rush to blooming and trust me when I say that my blooming is always at a slow rate. And I do it properly. And I want you to do it properly as well because there's no rush. Slow is good. You don't want to do all this work and then have to backtrack because you went too fast. So when you blissfully Mm -hmm. bloom, it's because you're going at your own pace and you're doing it properly. Mm, Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Victoria. I had such a great time. Me too. Thank you so much. It was such an honor being asked by you. Your podcast is beautiful. Your page is beautiful. And yeah, I just... It's something that I, you know, I'm very grateful that you asked me as well because, yeah, you're such an amazing human and woman. And I know that your podcast helps so many people. So to have asked me is such an honor. So thank you. Oh, thank you. Same to you, Victoria. Thank you. I absolutely adored having Victoria here on the show today. I want to send her my love, my gratitude for really coming to share her wisdom with us today and I learned so much from this episode I don't know about you but I would love to share my key takeaway like I do for every episode for every guest that comes on the show now one key takeaway that I got that really did kind of shift my mindset towards jealousy Victoria mentions that jealousy is a sure sign of the things that you want, right? The things that you desire. And when you see someone else doing something similar to what you want to do, or if not the exact same thing that you want to do, then it's almost like it it puts this idea in your head that you aren't courageous enough to do those things, right? You aren't brave enough to seek out that that goal and dream and and do the things that scare you most. And so it's really not a they thing, right? It's when you're jealous, that person on the other side of the jealousy isn't doing anything to you. They're not forcing you to be jealous. They're not doing anything that's harming you, this emotion is within you, meaning it's something that you have to look inward to. It's something that you probably need to do some reflection on because that emotion is there for a reason. It's trying to tell you something. And oftentimes we try to kick it to the curb or we ignore it And it just keeps showing up, right? There's going to be little patterns. There's going to be somebody else down the along the lines that you're going to feel jealousy towards. And if you don't face that jealousy, it's just going to keep showing up for you. So a really good, a good thing to do for this, if you feel jealous towards another person is like the question that I asked Victoria, how do we begin to move out of jealousy and into uplifting others? She recommends that you just uplift others, right? Instead of 
really digging further into those jealousy feelings and feeling more and more and more jealous, do the complete opposite. Compliment somebody. Reach out to them. Really send them your positive, loving messages. Feeling happy towards someone else's success, it might take some practice, right? Because if you are so... I don't know, if it if it was so natural to you to just lean in towards jealousy every time you see someone else succeeding, then it's going to take some practice to switch that around, right? To switch that attitude around seeing other people's success. So it is going to maybe feel a bit awkward at first when you are sending those compliments or you are giving out and sending your love out to another person who has really accomplish something great, but it is going to take time, right? You're going to have to be patient with yourself because eventually down the line, you are going to begin to uplift first and that is going to be your natural default instead of jealousy. So I hope that you have learned a lot from this episode. I sure have. And I would love to know your key takeaway. As always, screenshot this episode and tag me on your Instagram, on your stories at blissfully.bloom. And don't forget to leave a review for the podcast and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Well, I will see y'all in the next one. Bye.